Hello and welcome. My name is Juanita Headley. I'm a New York attorney and the founder and CEO of Changing Cases. You are listening to a set of podcasts, a series dealing with the issues of human trafficking, child abuse, and of course, keep our secret, keep our, keep our knowing how to respond to the question. Keep our secret, keep our secret. Over the following weeks and months, I'll take a look at some hard-hitting topics with a view to educate, empower, and inspire you to change the way that you think, act, and respond to better safeguard the children in your world. Stay tuned until the end of this show, where I'll be sharing not only how you can get a copy of my new book, but I'll also inform you of some upcoming live Zoom trainings and how you can contact me to have your questions featured in a future episode of this show. So we can talk about it. Yeah, we can talk about it. Yeah. So we can talk about it. Talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's talk about child trafficking. I was having a look on Facebook a number of weeks ago and I recalled seeing an article. Now, unfortunately, due to me being occupied with so many things, I wasn't able to continue to fully read the article. However, just a few days ago, I stumbled upon it in one of my Facebook groups and I said I thought it's appropriate for me to discuss this not just in the podcast, but also in my upcoming presentations on trafficking and child abuse prevention. The article starts by saying that this young girl was trafficked by her own father from the ages of five to six until she was a teenager. She then goes on to explain that unlike imagery that we often see when we think about trafficking, she was never tied up, kept in a basement or locked up. In fact, those images fail to depict the reality of what she went through. As she continues, she explains about walking into amusement park dressing rooms and how her father would tell her to wait inside one of the stalls. And then moments later, a man would come inside acting as though he was looking for his daughter. And this was indeed a drop. When they would walk outside, she'd be holding this man's hand. Nobody would think anything about it because she was not screaming out, she wasn't crying out, she was not behaving in a way that alerted others to become suspicious. She would sometimes be given an ice cream or candy floss or a cone, and she would be treated badly. Now, the term badly is in reference to the sexual violation that she went through. And the things that she encountered is too explicit for her to even detail in this post. She says that she was treated with fake kindness, which caused her trust issues. And she explains that there are children who become teenagers, go into adulthood, who have serious trust issues. Because like this young girl, they receive treats, they are praised. They are made to feel like what is happening to them is good, it's normal, or because they are special. This is describing grooming. Grooming, unfortunately, is not understood by your average person. Grooming is deemed as preparing oneself, putting on makeup, doing eyebrows, shaving. It is not truly understood for what it is for. And that is in relation to sexual grooming, when a person 
is done nice things to, treated nicely, for the purposes of exploiting them. Think about it. If someone does nice things to you, that becomes your normal. How will you be able to determine when someone does nice things to you with pure motives, with a true, pure, and genuine action, genuine care? Logically, it's hard for us to really even put ourselves in the position of a groomed child. But often, when a child has been groomed, it's very difficult for them to disclose the abuse, to speak up about it, to seek help. Because like this young girl says, they're made to believe it is normal. And the trust issues come about because how does she know who is trustworthy? For those of us who have not been victims of abuse, we've not been exploited or trafficked, we will receive nice things, compliments, gifts, clothing, candy, days out from people who love us sincerely, who love us with a genuine and pure love. This girl was being sold for by her father. Her father was exploiting her. When your mother or father is exploiting you, is abusing you and trafficking you, how do you know who to trust when your very own parents, the people in your household, are exploiting you? As I mentioned before, in the Philippines, where it is number one for cyber sex trafficking, and where the age of sexual consent is 12, the youngest in the world, there are girls and boys, newborns, one-year-olds, and younger, being sexually abused via webcam by their family members. How can you trust, how can you believe in a person's genuineness? How can you believe in their authenticity? When the people who brought you into this world, as parents love to say, takes advantage of you sexually. The young girl goes on to say that people did not suspect anything And the reason they didn't is because her behavior was deemed as normal. She even makes reference to occasions when they would be on vacation and she'd be left at the swimming pool for a minute. And then a man would come up and she would leave with him. Another place where she was sexually exploited, where she was trafficked and handed over, was at airports. In a busy crowd, a man would come over And he would appear as though he was an uncle and the drop would be made. When you think about this, hopefully it puts you on high alert. If you see something, say something. That is what the billboard posters say in the United States, in New York specifically. If you see something, say something. And that is in reference to bombs. But we need to push aside the, the issue of bombs just for a moment. And consider that this poster, those words are not just to be used in reference to a bomb, but when you see anything that may be suspicious. Now, as I've said time and time again, it is not my desire to create paranoia in anybody. Instead, I want us to all be on high alert. That if we see something and we have any inkling of suspicion that something isn't right, that we will respond appropriately. Can you imagine being in a crowded airport and you observe two white males and a little girl 
and an exchange taking place. The girl doesn't scream, she doesn't cry out, she's not resistant. And you see it, you observe it, you do not process it, you don't even take into mind what the people look like. It's just people talking, a child being handed over, and you would have wrongly assumed the handover was one family member handing over to another family member or a friend. Your innocence would lead you to believe that there was nothing untoward about what just happened. You would be completely in the dark about the fact that it was indeed a transaction, a drop. Even as this young lady uses the term drop in her article on Facebook, when I hear of the word drop it makes me think about drugs. When we hear the term drop, we're not thinking of a person, a child, we're probably thinking of a package. But the word she used brings to life exactly what happened. She was being treated like a package, like a commodity. She was being exchanged between one person to another. She says that she shares this because the posters that are out there need to educate people on the topic. She does not use the term awareness. She says educate. People need to understand. Her father was indeed a coach. She goes on to say her mother knew and helped with some of these happenings. But her mother was a small town mother. These things happen everywhere and can look very normal. Now she's not very explicit in her wording, but if I just look at it and consider what she's sharing, I have to accept that she is implying that her mother knew about the trafficking and her mother sometimes helped. When I read that yesterday, it really though it disturbed me and it bothered me. Now I know that mothers are sometimes pimps. I know that. I'm not naive to that reality. But when I read that it hurt me because she says my mother knew and helped with some of these happenings. What kind of human being will sell their daughter for sex? I don't have words for that. Now for those of you who've heard me share before, you will know that I believe in second chances. Yes, I believe in prison and jail time, but I believe in second chances. And so when I read that, it bothers me because I don't want to be a hypocrite. I believe in prison and jail time. I do not believe in the death penalty. I believe in second chances. But reading about this innocent little girl of 5 or 6 who was being dropped off by her father at a swimming pool in an airport to be picked up by another man, I cannot imagine what this girl went through. Now for those who know my story, you would have heard that I was a victim of abuse from the ages of 4 to 10. by my mother's first husband. Now without showing my age, this is the days before the internet. Of course we had video cameras, we had tape recorders, but this is back in the old days before the internet was even something so mainstream as it is today. Now that we have the internet, the internet I believe has many positives and many good things. The internet in my opinion, it is not demonic. I believe it is a good thing, but it is being used for a lot of evil. And I say that because if things are different and I was being sexually abused in this day and age, it is highly possible that I would have been sold for sex via the internet. It is highly possible that the attempted rape by experience would have been videotaped. It is highly possible that I may have been sold or dropped like this young girl between my stepfather and other men. I know a man in fact. This man is 
a lot older than my stepfather if he was still alive. This person is past retirement age and they actually communicated to me on one occasion that when they got married, they got married in their 40s, second wife, when they got married they were encouraged to sexually abuse their wives' children. Now to my knowledge and by their own admission they never did that, but that is the advice they were given. Now I don't understand I don't understand why there are some important words some men who feel that's appropriate advice to give to a man who is entering into a family we would call it a blended family that's a new term he's entering into a blended family and instead of being given wise counsel as to how to talk to the children that he will now be the stepfather of how to engage them, how to love them platonically. Instead of being told how to deal with challenges, hormones, temper tantrum, he is advised to sexually abuse these children. I don't understand that. And some of the things I read really disturb me. And I don't want to ever be a hypocrite. In the Bible, it says, yes, be, yes, no, be, no. I want to be a person of my word. If I say something... I want to do exactly what I say. I don't ever want to be a hypocrite. I don't ever want to say to you, I believe in second chances, and then hear about a heinous crime being committed against an innocent child, and then all of a sudden I start to believe in the death penalty. The Bible talks about being double-minded. I believe it's in James, about looking in the mirror and forgetting what you look like a moment later. The world is full of so many double-minded people, and I don't want to ever be one of them. I want to be consistent in my message, consistent in my attitude, and consistent in my communication. Now, I'm not going to justify this guy's behavior, but I'm going to say that there is a possibility that the father of this five-year-old in the article that I was referring to, that he may, may have been abused, may, because many abused victims do not become abusers, but there is that possibility, or it may have been exposure to pornography, or circumstances. Now, as I've shared before, in the Garden of Eden, back in the old days, according to the Bible, there was a woman. This woman started talking to a snake. Now, I don't understand what this woman was doing talking to a snake. Now, I know, as many females will admit, we often talk too much. A guy says a sentence, a woman says a paragraph. A guy says a paragraph, the woman says an essay. A guy says an essay, the woman says a book. Women often talk too much. That's just how it is. We often talk too much. That is how many, not all, many of us are. And so therefore, in the Garden of Eden, a snake approached a woman whose name was Eve and started conversating with her. She has a conversation with a snake. Now, let's be realistic. If I left from my house, went outside... And the goat, the dog, the donkey, the camel, whatever animal I come face to face with when I walk outside, starts talking to me. Will I have a conversation with it? No, I won't. As a Christian, I would look for some oil. I might lay hands on the animal and pray for it. Or maybe I might try and cast out demons, right? The point I'm trying to make is, if an animal starts to speak to me, Number one, I'd probably be afraid because I'm human first, Christian second. Number two, I'd probably pray for that animal or try and like give it an exorcism or something or look for some holy water. I would not get into a conversation with an animal. Let's push aside Christianity for a moment and say the animal's talking to me. 
If I wasn't a believer of Jesus Christ, I would think that maybe I'm going crazy. Maybe I'm hallucinating. Maybe I'm under the influence of some narcotic. That's what I would think, okay? But as a Christian, I'd say, you know what? Maybe it's a demon, right? As a Christian, we have a go-to response. When things don't go the way we want, it's Satan. When something strange happens, it's the enemy. So that would be my go-to response. I would not be conversating. In the Bible, Eve starts to talk to a snake. And before you know it, she eats an apple and falls into sin. Then she approaches a guy. This guy, his name is Adam and he's naked. He sees a naked woman and he falls into sin. Now I'm not justifying, please hear me carefully, I'm not justifying. The point I'm trying to make is that men are often visual, often. There are always exceptions to the rule. Men are often visual, often but not all the time. Every person is different. Just as every person does not struggle with fornication, sexual sin, bad mind, bad attitude, unforgiveness, jealousy, we're all different. But many men are visual. And because women know that, they were wearing hardly any clothes. Or during carnival in Trinidad, some of the women will wear two strings, right? I mean, seriously, two strings, which is a form of pornography. But the point I'm trying to make is a woman starts talking. She ends up in sin. A guy sees a naked woman, ends up in sin. I'm not justifying any person's behavior. I'm not justifying whatsoever. I'm just trying to make a point. For all we know, this father was a victim of sexual abuse. That's all he knew, for example. Then, in the advent of technology, in the advent of amusement parks and, and airports and things like this, in other words, I don't know his age, but back in the old days, for example, there wasn't that much air travel. It was expensive, fewer flights, for example. Maybe flights were not five times a day, ten times a day, but once a week. And in some countries, flights are not frequent. Flights are three times a week, five times a day. But when you have large international airports with a constant flow of people, that is a perfect place for a drop. Because we know that there are men who will travel to the other side of the world to have sex with a child. That is a reality. Let's not pretend and act like that doesn't happen. There are men who get on a plane with the intention to have sex with a child. And for all we know, when those drops are taking place at the airport, the customer who picked up this little girl may have just flown in. They choose these locations for convenience, for anonymity. Yes, there are security cameras, but there is nothing suspicious going on. The young girl says that teachers need to make a difference. They need to talk to children. She says we need to be mindful. We need to pay attention to what is going on around us. Too often our head is buried in the sand. And I'm going to go one step further and I'm actually going to say that Education is important. Somebody actually messaged me and said, I would like to talk to you. Now, they're a male, and I get very suspicious when a male wants to talk to me. I always want to know what's your motives, what's your intention. Yes, I'm single and I'm not ready to mingle, but seriously, what's your intention? So I said, what would you like to talk about? And then he responded and said, I'm paraphrasing, he does not like it when he hears of young girls being abused and their mother does nothing about it. What can he do? Now I said to him, because I'm frank and direct, as many of you know, I said to him, I don't have an answer for you. I'm not a legislator. I'm not the prime minister. I do not have an answer. And I said, I don't feel that there's anything I can chat with you about this particular question or subject. For me personally, I believe that things should be done 
in order that our time should be used wisely, we should be productive, we should use wisdom in all that we do. We have to consider when we do something, when we do or say something, how will it be perceived? Often we as people, we may be misinterpreted, misunderstood because of where a person is coming from. Maybe this guy's intentions are pure. Maybe his intentions is not to sleep with me, marry me, traffic me, pimp me out, groom me. Maybe those are not his intentions. However, I am suspicious because I have men reaching out to me all the time. Hi, beautiful. Hi, sexy. Hi, something. I don't want to hear that. When you do that, I will block you. So that's not the best approach if you want my attention. I don't like that. I don't appreciate it because I'm a person with flaws. Is that how he approached me? No, he didn't. But why do we need to chat? I don't have any power. The greatest power on earth is the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, and God the Father. The greatest power comes from the source. I am just a vessel. I am not the source, a source. I am none of those things. I am simply a human being with a passion to educate and empower. I believe we all have a duty on this earth. We all have a responsibility and obligation. And for me personally, my calling, my duty, my obligation is to educate people with information. Once a person has information, they listen, they process, and then they go off and implement that. Grooming is a big thing that I feel is not spoken about enough. This young girl was groomed into being complicit. She was groomed by her father. She was abused by her father, and then she was exploited by him. I believe that there are parents, not all, but many parents, who talk to their children about good touch and bad touch, who talk to their children and say, for example, like my mother did when I was a child, nobody should touch your private parts. There are some children, I've met them in adulthood or in their teenage years, they have never had that conversation. That conversation is an important conversation. Good touch, bad touch has its place. Nobody should touch your private parts. It has its place. But in my opinion, that is not enough. And like someone said to me recently, one child is being abused and the person said, if you tell your parents, I will kill you. Someone else told me a story about a child who was abused and that child was taken out into the sea. And the pedophile said, if you tell anybody, I will drown you. The child did not disclose. This is the issue that we have. Parents are doing the right thing, but they're not going one step further. What do I mean? One step further, parents need to say to their children, if anybody says to you, you will be arrested, mommy and daddy will be arrested, you will be killed, mommy and daddy will be killed, you come home and you tell us immediately. Because what happens is, not all the time, but sometimes the child is frightened into silence. And because their parents have never had that conversation, that child will be sexually abused for years to protect their parents. Can you imagine the burden and the responsibility placed on that four-year-old, that five-year-old, that six-year-old, because you as a mother or father did not say what you were supposed to say? You told them about good touch, bad touch. You even told them about grooming. You told them that nobody should touch their private parts, but you didn't go one step further. The Bible says people perish for lack of knowledge. Your children, the children around you, nieces, nephews, grandchildren, they need the knowledge. 
People are dying on the inside. There are men and women, boys and girls, with unforgiveness, bitterness and anger on the inside because of what happened 10, 20, 30 years ago. We need freedom. We need freedom. We need to be able to speak freely to get things off our chest. The burden that a child has when they have been sworn to secrecy, the burden they have when they're being abused, when they're being dropped off at the swimming pool, at the airport and being sexually abused, and their parents are the ones who are trafficking them, who do they have? They have nobody but you. You need to make it your responsibility to be that safe space, to be that open person, to receive the information. Because when you can receive the information of that child being abused, you are in the best position to protect that child. That is really, really, really important. We all have an obligation to protect one another. It is not just about young children, toddlers, babies. It is about teenagers. It is even about your coworkers. Every one of us has a secret, has a story. Every one of us needs a safe space and an outlet. Even more so when they're being trafficked, sold, abused, exploited by their parents. Let's open our eyes like this young girl says. Let us look around us. Let us pay attention and be mindful. If you see something, say something. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Can You Keep a Secret? I trust that the information you've received today has been helpful. At the end of the day, like I said, knowledge is power. People perish for lack of knowledge. I believe that we all need the knowledge and education to better understand these topics so that we can safeguard the children in our world. For a better understanding of the topics being covered each week, then please reach out to me for a copy of my new book, Can You Keep a Secret? You can follow me, message or email me so that I can answer your questions in upcoming episodes. We can all learn from one another. And this is an educational series that I hope will impact and change not just your life, but also that of the people around you. You can find all my contact details on my website, changingcases.org that's changing c-a-s-e-s.org remember to share this podcast with friends and family members there are victims and survivors in your world you just don't know it but if we can all be educated then the world will be a safer place please tune in next week for another episode alone in this world help us on the way every other day you can lean on my shoulders cause you are superhuman